Yo, so uh, welcome to another episode. Uh, today we're gonna go back to our literature club thing, our book review session, because um, there's been a there's been a book that I I've kind of been wanting to read for a long time, and I finally read that and um, a manga adaptation of it. So the book's name is No Longer Human by um, by one of Japan's most celebrated celebrated authors, even though. I mean apart from this book he doesn't really have that much of a literary presence outside of Japan um his name's Osamu Dazai and like man these these two things were an experience uh, uh you read the book right yeah i i finished reading the book i did not complete the manga but oh my god like i haven't read anything quite like this Yeah like honestly after after reading it I was like okay I see why it's like the second best selling book in Japan since like when, since it's been that it's been at like it's been in that best seller list in like the top 3 for like the longest time Yeah so for almost 50 years or something Yeah like so the author was born what like 1909 and this book yeah. came out in 1948 right Yeah, around like World War II era, like just after it or something. Okay, yeah, uh, and yeah. like from then until now, it's been yeah, it's un- just been yeah. received as an opus. You know, like it's such a good book. And again, like we've we've only read the translations. Um, I can't, I can't yet <laughs> read, speak, or understand Japanese behind like be- beyond like a couple of phrases. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah. we're close to reading a book of this this type for sure in japanese yeah 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 like i mean but even the translation was like it was a really good translation and like it it kind of captured what i feel would have been this kind this the the kind of poetic imagery you know that that would have come across a lot a lot better in like the original language and so on but yeah i mean amazing book I think it's also a bit hard to talk about because a lot of the subject matter is incredibly like dark and bleak and just like for lack of a better word really messed up. Yeah. I I, I honestly think that of of the common ways of saying it that's probably the best way to put it. It's yeah. it's disturbing in many ways uh both the topics that are dealt with as well as the way that they are described and written. Yeah, so like huge huge content warning for like the rest of this episode, I guess, because we are going to be like delving into kind of uh sensitive territory when talking about the content of the book. There's no kind of con- there it's very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, incredibly sensitive territory. Yeah. Um there's going to be talk of like drug abuse and um suicide and so on. So We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Um after recording our episode, we kind of decided that we needed a much stronger uh, content warning. So um in this episode, we're going to be discussing incredibly sensitive topics. We're going to be discussing drug abuse, suicide, um assault, you know, depression and just you know like just just it, it's an incredibly depressing and hard uh book to talk about 
but we're going to try our best because we believe you know it's an incredibly incredibly important piece of work um culturally as well as historically yeah please do please do be warned this is probably like the most um cw worthy episode that we'll ever have yeah yeah so. um Yes. First, so with yeah, that being out of the way, <laughs> let's jump right into it. Yeah, I uh I guess yeah, I, I, go ahead like where, where do we even begin with this one? So honestly, I kind of want to start off with um a brief outline of the plot itself because it it goes all over the place. It's 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 Yeah. It's one of those plots where like when you when you when you like lay it out it feels kind of mundane like it's a story of this kid who so basically the author writes in this weird um weird like autobiographical style where it's like he himself is an author who comes across someone else's diary and then he's like writing that diary like just like reprinting it in like a first person perspective So it's this distant autobiographical uh, distanced autobiographical kind of read. Mm-hmm. Um but basically it's the diaries of this uh guy called Yozo Oba. Um and like from childhood he feels like this deep alienation to hu- to humanness. He can't he can't seem to um identify or connect with you know his family members. He finds their their like rituals and like their habits to be weird and disconcerting. and slowly it just becomes like this fear he has of like mingling with the public um and so you know he kind of creates a persona for himself you know becomes like the class clown and just like the clown in general yeah he puts on a mask uh, to sort of like a mask yeah. is true intention so that he can gel in with society so nobody kind of finds out about what he truly like 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 the level of disconnection that he has with what we think of as normal behavior yeah yeah it's uh, uh, so so this happens uh, through his schooling and then he goes away from home to a different school he transfers um and uh, you know he has to live with some distant relatives and over there because he's like away from people who know him as well he's able to like you know be a lot more a lot less cautious with his behavior and so it, he feels a little freer even though he keeps the, the this mask of the clown on he still he still feels a little freer mm-hmm. um and then you know so on so forth school goes through um there's a difference between the novel and the manga retelling of this period but we'll get into those differences a bit later mm-hmm. um but for for now the basic plot is you know school happens he's he's developed this mask and then he goes to university where you know he he just like decides he he just like kind of starts skipping classes not going you know just just like go just like not doing what he should be doing as a university student i guess mm-hmm. um and then he meets someone at like a a painting class he started going to to develop like the one hobby he had which was you know painting um he meets like this this guy and um they and then this guy just kind of like throws him into the world of vices like smoking and drinking at that time mm-hmm. and and prostitute and like engaging in the company of prostitutes and so on um 
again vices at that time and still now i guess but whatever um so so he gets like pulled into this life and then like he he gets involved with like the the marxist party which around world war 2 time in japan was it was illegal to be um associated with communism in any way like you couldn't hold it as like a belief system you couldn't be part of the party and so on um but so he becomes part of the communist party blah 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 and this is where it gets like messed up cuz uh, he meets he meets um what do they call bro like at those as the, he meets a hostess at like a hostess bar yep. that's yeah so he meets her and then um you know she buys him drinks when he says i have no money and they get hammered together and they sleep together that night and then they make a suicide pact yep. which as far as consequences of one night stands go that's like the most serious thing <laughs> that could come out of a one night stand right yeah so i guess there's also some context on how they ended up in that is because she was also living in like like awful poverty and family situation yeah. and there's a lot of like personal struggles that she was dealing with That. and she she just said like i'm exhausted i just i don't want to deal with this anymore i can't so so and and like it, when she said those words yo was like oh wow that's exactly how i feel you know what let's just like get it over with hmm. um so they they take sleeping pills and try drowning themselves in the ocean hmm. she drowns you know the main guy survives and you know because suicide is seen as a crime um at this time in japan uh you know he was charged criminally as an accessory as well as you know someone who committed or tried attempting to commit suicide um so the system charges him um but then you know they suspend his sentence and like they, they send him to live with uh, one of his family's acquaintances you know just like um just like get better and like rehabilitate himself into society kind of thing um and uh, yeah and at this time you know he decides to sneak out one day and meet um the friend of his from uni who kind of got him into the world of like smoking and drinking and stuff um so he he goes sneaks out meets this guy and um you know while he's there he meets with um he meets with an editor of a magazine mm-hmm. and uh, she takes a liking to him and says you know what if you want to if you want to escape you can come and stay with me and i'll give you like work yeah and also the uh, other context is the stuff that he'd been studying and working on in his like personal time as a skill was his ability to draw and paint so yeah. that was something that was that like he, his one hobby yeah he started from childhood he would draw like cartoons and like supposedly funny stuff to amuse others but he would also try to draw like like serious serious <laughs> like like darker artworks that like yeah he he felt like truly uh, were expressions of himself so that was something that he was good at he would go to classes and that's where he met his friend uh, horike as well who took yeah. him through the thing so yeah so when he meets with that editor uh, woman uh, yoshiko they she like tries to get uh, him work at the uh, at the same uh, uh, newspaper firm right right 
a magazine or yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, he yeah. publishes some cartoon like some you know very standard like uh, magazine slash newspaper type cartoon like nothing too great but he tries to put in some words here and there but then it just becomes like a routine task and he publishes in a bunch of random really cheap magazines hmm so at this point you know he's somewhat stable he's earning money you know he's like the stepfather to to like a child all of that and you know so far so well you know life's okay for him but then you know he he starts getting distant again from his work he f- he starts feeling alienated and like threatened even by the innocence of this child that he's like the stepfather of now uh because there's like this one scene in the book where um he he asks the child uh you know oh you should make a wish uh you know and she's like oh, okay and she makes a wish and the guy's like okay so what did you wish for and she's like i wish i could see my real father again and immediately this guy's like oh wow the cruelty <laughs> and the malice hidden within this innocent facade or something like that <laughs> um but yeah so he gets a job uh, as a mangaka and he's making a stable earning he's and and he's like just slowly becoming an alcoholic to kind of deal with this this fear of his of humans and all of that so he's just like slowly going out every night and getting hammered you know and after uh, after like a point where there's like one event that happens it's um I don't remember the exact thing but basically what happens is he walks in and just like overhears a conversation between um Yoshiko is that the is that the editor's name who he's living with yeah. this time yeah yeah so Yoshiko and her child are having this conversation about Yozo mm-hmm. um and they're like oh we've got like this rabbit we've got this white rabbit to keep as a pet don't you think he'll be so happy to like you know help us with it and all of that Yeah. and he's like you know if i stay here i'll corrupt this 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 innocence of this family and i'll corrupt their happiness so he just like abandons them and um goes to the the owner of a bar he frequents and he's like i need a place to stay because like i'm i'm abandoning my family basically at this point so she gives him like she gives him like a room upstairs so he's still like he's still working as a mangaka or or a, not a mangaka um a, basically like a cartoonist yeah. for a newspaper he he's working uh, he's working to publish cartoons and that and uh, every night he goes down and like helps out at the bar and just gets hammered and you know comes back up wait sorry i just realized that the the editor woman is shizuko yoshiki oh is shizuko the, uh is the other one the next other one, one. Oh. okay okay ah, yeah, 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 yeah the tobacco shop girl. okay yeah so okay yeah sorry we got the names mixed up so now now shows <laughs> uh, entrance so basically one night while he's getting hammered he goes out to meet like the the he goes out to get like cigarettes i think yeah i think they just said tobacco maybe they didn't really have yeah. cigarettes i don't know maybe maybe but like he just goes to like the tobacco shop and um, you know he starts like joking about with the the young girl who's um you know manning the shop at that point yeah um and you know he starts saying oh i'm an alcoholic and she's like oh no you shouldn't do that it's bad for your health and he jokingly says you know what from tomorrow i'll give it up and he doesn't really but like this becomes like a routine thing for them 
then one night i think new year's eve or something he walks out yeah. and he like falls into a manhole cuz he's just absolutely hammered yeah so he's hanging on he's like calling for help and this girl comes out pulls him out and you know from then on he he kind of like makes it a point to not drink so he can prove himself worthy of marrying her yeah and uh, you know they then get married and he he like swears off alcohol he's he goes clean you know and it's like a lovely 2 3 years mm. and then um what happens after that they uh him and horiki are like go up to the to like the rooftop oh, right. or something to drink and yeah, yeah, yeah. they're playing that yeah. uh, one game that i want to get into it, uh, later but they're playing like they're just like chatting around uh, pretty deep conversations And yeah there's like a game that they, that um yozo developed for the two of them to play yeah and every time they drank together um they just like play it and it's something about like finding the opposites yeah. and not like antonym opposites but like something to do with literary work and so yeah, on yeah one person says yeah, no so one person says a word the other person has to figure out the complete opposite word of that term and mm. like it's not like the words that we usually do opposites would say big and small but like we tr- like they were trying to f- like go a step further to truly find the word that is as far opposite from that term as you possibly can imagine and not just yeah. a direct logical opposite like something that is so far irrelevant from the original word that you have to consider them opposites yeah yeah but anyway so they're playing this game and then uh horiki is like you know what i'm going to go down and get some uh, some beans because like we should have something to you don't know, snack on while we're drinking he I'm goes sorry, down just just that that phrase <laughs> and like the next scene some is beans. horrific but like the yeah, the, yeah this was the just the way you phrased it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but then he goes down and then comes back up and tells yozo hey you have to come down and see this and he goes down to see his wife getting assaulted yeah. by um by someone and it's 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 horrifying you know like the way it's described and everything it's like this yeah. the scene of helplessness where he's like what do i do you know yeah so then uh, horiki kind of like clears his throat and coughs or something and the guy who's assaulting yozo's wife hears it and just like runs off mm-hmm. and after that it's 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 just like the slow descent into despair after this yeah um you know yozo just starts drinking even more heavily and um you know starts like genuinely getting sick because of it like he he develops like he he coughs up blood and all of that it, it, it's like genuinely bad yeah and like his 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 face becomes like sunken and everything and his wife she no longer has this you know trust in other people because of you know the horrible trauma that she she suffers from yeah so so she starts becoming paranoid and distrustful and just like you know like jumpy and anxious about everything yeah. and you know because of that like their marriage starts suffering and and so like one day um Yozo goes to like a pharmacist b- to get some help because like he started feeling he started like coughing up blood and like just feeling so sick that he's like okay I need to find some help. Uh so the pharmacist like you know what okay 
take this, you need to stop drinking because it's going to ruin your liver. Yeah. But you can take this to like appease your withdrawal and like you know like to to kind of keep yourself a little to like give you some some kind of um, intoxication apart from alcohol yeah. and to like wean you away from that. Yeah, and like she gives I, them I, morphine. Yeah, I think the the way she does it, she like gives them normal medicines, and then she gives like a I, tiny strip of an uh, like a not strip, but like you know she gives like a a like a tiny dose of another medication, saying like. Uh, if you are in like an emergency situation ah, where yeah, yeah. the withdrawal is coming in really strong, then take this. It will it, it will uh, ease e- easier for a bit, but only if it's yeah. like an emergency. So you know, being the being the junkie, well, not junkie, but being like the <laughs> being the character that he hears. Let's just <laughs> character. Yeah, the character. I was struggling to find the exact word, but like yeah, the kind of character that he is he immediately goes back and uses it and you know slowly gets well not slowly but just uh, he's just like addicted to morphine at this point this dude's like speed running you know have you played bit life <laughs> i've seen the ads for it the super shady yeah, but i know he, no 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 Let's, so yeah he's just like speed running getting every like horrible thing happened to him <laughs> but like yeah so now he's like a drug addict and he starts like sneaking out of his house to like uh, go and get this, uh, go and get morphine. And the pharmacist, you know, she she tries to like say no, 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 and all of that. But then she ends up like giving him more. Mm. And then they have an affair, yeah. which is like it's it's weird and it is like it's like really messed up in its own way. Yeah. Um, but like they have an affair and then um, so so I think the book and the manga differ in how they portrayed the events of this scene as well mm-hmm. so we'll come back to that a little later but like the 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 pharmacy basically burns down one day mm-hmm. while while the pharmacist is inside and taking care of her um, father-in-law and you know Yozo's around and he can't save them and this, you know, because he doesn't have any any morphine left because his only source is now dead. Also, before we like get that, there's one more one more like sort of point that we missed out. Where the pharmacist right. was like an elderly woman who was like half paralyzed. Like she was, I remember she was yeah, like yeah, yeah. like partially like uh, disabled in some way and like yeah, used to yeah. struggle to walk. And yeah, like I, I I just I I didn't want to talk about it because like that's it's it's like it's like horrible in its own right. Yeah, it was just you like know? like suddenly like, because like he, like every other woman woman character is like sort of like in their thirties or something like that, and then I just suddenly yeah. remember that this one oh shit. Yeah, it, it, it's it's messed up in its own right. I I just didn't want to talk about it too much because yeah. like yeah, I mean because like, again. She he loses out on his morphine, so he goes back to like alcoholism and yeah. just like slowly just becomes worse. Yeah. And then Yoshiko dies one day, and I think again the book and the novel, the book and the manga are like different in how they pre- how they portray her death. Like wh- how does she die? No, no, sh- wait, no. Uh, yeah, she dies in the book. No, isn't she with uh with him to uh like send him to the institution like. Like she joins oh, right. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's in that ambulance oh, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely different events then. Yeah. Sorry. I think I might have sp- spoiled something, but whatever. Um, yeah. That's so, right. so. We're spoiling okay, everything. Actually, We're going to get to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can you, like, go through the thing here uh, in the novel? Because I'm mixing it up a bit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, after the, the pharmacist, uh, all that uh, stuff at some point, like, because at, mm-hmm. all through that, he is still married to uh, Yoshiko. Uh, yeah. At one point, like the alcoholism, the 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 morphine addiction, it all gets so bad that uh, I guess Yoshiko Horiki and uh, the person who was his caretaker, who in the book is called Flatfish. Uh, I, I forgot why he's called that, but anyway, that's like a nickname that was uh, used he, for him. He's called Flatface because like his face looks like a trout or something. Yeah, Flatfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, anyway, so uh, three of them, like basically just come and uh, like hey we need to take you to this place and he's just in such a battered state and knows that he isn't like he's not okay yeah. like he needs help uh he just sort of like gives in and like gets in the car or some sort of vehicle with them and they oh, right he says something right he says uh take me to a place where there aren't any women or something. yes yes like yeah. flatfish is like is there something that you'd like before we go or something like that right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then he's like just take me to a place without any women <laughs> so they take him to a sanatorium yeah uh, it's yeah and and just like continue after this because like i'll get into the manga portion after we finish this mm-hmm. uh yeah and, so um, it, it's it's a bit of a different uh, story in the manga i'm awful at um remembering all the details but yeah they take him to this clearly just like it's like an institution for people with mental health uh issues uh who aren't accepted into your everyday society and this i mean think of a think of like a classic asylum right yeah exactly yeah uh but yeah it's it's your one one over the cuckoo's nest type place yeah and clearly like this man has like great capability to to think beyond uh like the average person, like his intelligence levels and all of that are really, really high. But it's his uh, like relationship with like stuff and people that has like debilitated him beyond measure, like beyond any other person possibly could. And like Mm. at the end, they just like talk about, uh, I think after like maybe year... I, I don't know how long he was at the sanatorium uh, but like at some point like after that the the story like like it, it moves uh, like they move him out of that into like this rural house that his uh, yeah. elder brother uh, buys for him like in the middle of nowhere with no other possessions that he's had and uh, there's like this like old woman who is like his caretaker and uh, yeah, he's living there like disconnected from everything else. And like at this point is when they reveal like his age at that point, which like it was just 27. And that was mind blowing to me because of like the amount of stuff that he had lived through until then. Like, you would just assume that the things that he had been through, like, it must have been... Like, and the way it's told as well, like, you don't really get a clear idea of, 
the timelines of things like how long his marriages lasted because yeah. it, 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 like, it was so many like relationships and things and stuff and at the end he's just 27 but he's basically living the life of like a 95 year old man on his deathbed like it's not and he looks he looks haggard and yeah. broken he looks like twice or thrice his age yeah is what like the the author surrogate kind of says yeah um towards the end like he looks so much older than he should despite being like a youngish a, a young man you know and and like again he's 27 at the end of the book and like he's only 2 years older than you know us, us yeah exactly <laughs> which is which is like holy hell but yeah i mean we we kind of ran through a brief synopsis of the book again we're horrible we're horrible people to um do this because our memories are horrible um, yeah Yeah, I mean, it also not whatever. particularly brief, and it's been like twenty-five minutes of discussion. But yeah, <laughs> we, went through, we went through all like all the main events in the book. All so, the relevant like yeah. plot points in the novel. Uh, there are some places where the manga differs, so I'll just kind of run through them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, the first thing where the first thing that comes to mind where the manga differs in Yoshiko. because oh, um, also specifically like the manga version that because there's multiple artists who oh, yeah, have yeah. done the manga right, right, right. We're, so, we're talking so the version Ito. i'm yeah i'm talking about specifically the junji ito adaptation um but yeah uh, so the junji ito adaptation bit of context it also has like bits from uh, dazai's like original drafts and it has a wholly like a wholly manga original ending as well um and yeah, intro as so well. an intro like everything's like kind everything's like significantly different from the novel and in very like good and bad ways and by bad i don't mean like artistically bad like it's it's not a good addition like or it's not a satisfying addition addition to the story or whatever i mean bad because like it's it's just brutal like it it really is more brutal than the novel but um so so the parts where it like it like significantly diverges from the um from the novel is um so in his school days he goes to stay with like distant relatives in a different town from where he lived originally um if you remember like he transferred to a different school so um while living with those distant relatives he kind of has an affair with one of the cousins living there and at the same time is flirting with one of the others one of the other sisters there and then she gets jealous and finds out about the affair and that the 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 sister he was with had is like pregnant and so she stabs and kills both that cousin and the the unborn child and um because of that you know there's like this huge um uproar that happens and then the the cousin that committed those murders turns out to also be pregnant by yozo like it's never like in the book in in like the manga it's like it said like it's an unspoken secret but everyone knew that i was the father or something like that and like it made something fairly disturbing already even worse like it just keeps going from here because um after this um there's the entire like university arc which is already disturbing enough so thankfully 
you know, Junji Ito doesn't decide to do anything too, tra- too drastic with it. Mm. Um, but then, like, after that is the, the entire marriage arc where he's married to Yoshiko and they're, like, happy for a while. Shizuka? And then... Huh? Oh, yeah, no, no, Yoshiko. not Shizuka. Yoshiko. Yoshiko, like, the proper marriage. Not, yeah. like, where he's living as a kept man, as, he's de- as he describes himself. Right. But while, you know, while, when, when Yoshiko's assaulted... It's by the the editor of a magazine he's been working closely with to get like his paintings exhibited at an at like an art exhibition, mm. which is something he's wanted to do for like a really long time. So he's poured his heart and soul into this work, and then he finds out the dude who's like scouting him for this is sleep is like raping his wife right now, mm. and like and like the the entire effect it has on Yoshiko is completely different because like in the novel she just becomes like really withdrawn and socially anxious mm. and like she just doesn't trust but nothing else really changes she's really meek and quiet and timid mm. but in this she becomes paranoid distrustful and like she starts like sneaking around after Yoba, Yozo to find out like where he goes and like what he does mm. she she like learns about the affair he has with the pharmacist and then, like, she walks in one day and she's, like, she, like, just takes all these dried plants off of the pharmacist's, like, walls and goes home and tries to, like, ingest them to, like, kill herself. And it doesn't work. So she just, like, she just, like, fights the pharmacist one day, steals, like, a bunch of poison. And she starts sending telegrams to the pharmacist, knowing that Yozo is at the pharmacist's place right now, hiding from her and says come home so that i don't have to die alone and like she says that like she sends those telegrams like multiple times and then just like after a while nothing like it's silent after a while then yozo goes back only to see his wife has already been put in he goes back after like a week and then like he finds out that his wife's been put in her casket and all of that and like only in death has she regained her peace and so on like it's it's brutal you know the effect it has on yoshiko Mm. and then like the final like after this you know he goes off to the sanitarium and he meets he meets osamu dazai himself in the sanatorium Mm. so that's like the this is like the manga only ending where he basically meets the original author of the novel in the sanatorium and um that's that's kind of like how uh, osamu dazai got his hands on the on the notebooks and you know the stories mm. of yozo oba that's basically how it came to be um in this in this manga ending um and then like after a few years you know once once you know yozo has kind of told his entire story and like he's finally you know left uh, he's left to like go free from the sanatorium and like live his uh, recluse life um, you know Osamu's like oh you know I want to go meet this guy because it's because of him I was able to publish my novel um, and he goes he goes into like the wilderness to find the house where Osamu da- where, where Yozo lives and he sees Yozo and Yozo's like this wizened old man at this point even though he like he's really not because he's like the same age as Dazai and Dazai is like 35 or something at this point. Um, Yozo's like this like this wheelchair bound decrepit like his face is shrunken in and everything. And it turns out he's living 
with um the sister like from the from the um from like the school days the one who murdered her relative and had his unborn child and everything so he's living with her and she's like she's violent and abusive you know like beats him and like screams at him and all this time he has this unmoving smile on his face and it's it's just this absolutely brutal ending to the manga where it's just written like the only thing i know is all this shall all this shall also pass something like that i think uh, i i saw that quote somewhere uh, i have yeah. felt neither happiness nor sadness all i know is all this shall pass yeah 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 that's the last that's the absolute last uh, page and like honestly just just talking through how the manga differs from the novel mm-hmm. doesn't really do justice to the absolutely the absolutely rending artwork that you know that portrays all these differences yeah. as well it's Horrifying. it's something else yeah it it it's genuinely something else like uh i i i wanted to read both of these things for like a long time mm-hmm. um and i bought both of these books before i moved to birmingham to like do my masters but like i only just finally had this thing of you know what i'm going to read both of them mm-hmm. um and i i mean i i have to say i'm so happy i got this on my bucket list and like i've crossed it off because these were like reading experiences i've not had like i've not had any work just genuinely make me feel horrified and just like you know like think of the the protagonist as like like i've been using this term to describe it to all my friends where it's like the character is pathetic but not in the way that we use it normally mm. you know where pathetic is like this kind of disparaging thing of like oh god he's so pitiable and weak and all of that Yeah. while those aspects are there you know like he's pitiable and weak and just like broken at the same time it's pathetic in like this greek kind of pathos sense where it's just like god this is just tragic moment upon moment you know you're born and you feel this isolation immediately and just like no one's able to help you no one's willing or able to help you with it and it just keeps going and going and it's just like wow like on the one hand wow you made horrible decisions and on the other yeah. hand god i can't imagine you know being you yeah yeah it's like it's it's, it's, it's honestly like a bleak read it, it genuinely is it's one of the most like emotionally influencing reads i've ever had like you know what i mean like yeah. it's like yeah it, none of these topics are anything that i would typically read uh anything that deals with you know like mm-hmm. i i don't read horror or gore or whatever you know what yeah, i mean like yeah. where they deal with murders yes, and murder suicide and assault and yeah exactly those, those I, kinds of topics I yeah i typically haven't read or, or even watch much of uh, much content like that so when mm. i see something like like of course i have seen a bunch of horror movies and stuff but like when i when you read this like it's, it's a different kind of horror yeah because it's put in such a way like i think when i was talking to pranav uh, like when i was like just starting to read this book uh, like maybe i was a third of the way in or something yeah. i said that like the worst part of this book is how all these events are put in such a matter of fact way 
uh, in this yeah. like sort of perspective of this person who is just going through like the worst bout of depression you can possibly conceive of uh like it's just put like every feeling that like he goes through is put so plainly uh like yeah. his intentions his reactions like, to things it's it's bru- it's like honest and laid bare you know yeah. like there's nothing to hide exactly He's, yeah and that's that's what's so disquieting about it as well right like when you read it there are parts where you're like you kind of there's a certain sense of identification with yozo but not in terms of his actions but just in terms of the alienation that he feels yeah like you kind of get okay you know what while not as extreme i kind of get him sometimes where i don't understand mm. like i don't understand like people around me or I, i'm like i feel like i'm a different kind of person from the people around me and like i can't fit into their society you know i think everyone's like, had those moments of feeling like misfits yeah on the lightest of topics in the book it's like when he's a child like one of his like dad's quotes is like uh, humans live to eat as like food is a big part of their practice like yeah. every day it's like a ritual every the entire family gathers gathers around the table there's a few hours mm. of work put into preparation and then you all eat together maybe have a conversation on, uh, and so on right and, oh no 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 oh they all eat in silence. silence they do eat in silence yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah 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 that was one thing yeah they all eat in silence but it's like a ritual like they all show up at the table there's quite a few people in the house and they all eat and and then disperse and yozo kept like like saying like how he doesn't have this uh like like he doesn't, he doesn't see, have hunger yeah he doesn't feel hunger like it's like he feels the effect of not having eaten food and gets tired but he doesn't really feel like hunger in the way that uh, it's like like 5 hours after your meal he doesn't feel like oh i should go get something to eat it's pro- he, yeah. it's probably more like he just gets weaker and weaker until a point where someone gives him food and he eats it and then he probably gets better yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? but it's not like he enjoys the process of putting food into his mouth and the taste it has and it's it's like it's a sense of alienation right like that pervades the book but just like it's made so visible and and disquieting in how stark the alienation is and how relatable it is at at, at yeah. times yeah. because again like the translated edition is really clear and like it, it conveys this this deep seated distance between mm. him and like his family and the society he lives in and like his friends and everything like this is deep distance and you know when when there's some quiet when he's married for like those 2 3 years uh to yoshiko to the tobacco shop girl mm. you can you can see there's like this relief in the book itself and like the way it's written there's this relief and like serenity in mm. the language itself and then it just gets shattered and it's back to the same and like there's no respite really it's just this unrelenting surge of just you know of 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 the japanese title of the book which is uh which translates to disqualified from being human it's this unrelenting surge of this guy just constantly saying look 
look at my life you you see why i'm disqualified right like i can't be human if like all these situations keep happening to me like if this just is what i am yeah like i can't be the re- like the rest of my family then who are happy and like who can talk about mundane things and don't have this deep pervading fear that who they really are will be found out and so on and it's it's this i mean there's this very clear sense that he's drawn on like previous traditions of alienation you know like obviously marxism kind of com- makes its way into the book um and he finds it he he, he like kinds of find he finds it farcical almost when he talks about marxism in the book he's like oh these guys they talk about these things as if they're so complex but these are like the most basic solutions possible and it, it it's just like this this kind of farce he 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 um he alludes them to you know like they don't understand what they're really trying to do um and in that he kind of like brings up the alienation that marxism itself has from marx's al- marx's concept of alienation mm. like the ideology like at least in the in the book itself you can see like that's what's being alluded to and then like there's other traditions of like um you know like franz kafka's metamorphosis and um camus like myth of sisyphus and all these other books that talk about alienation and um this 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 um existentialism you know this kind of feeling like you know oh why is like why is th- why is my existence like a thing you know why is there a me and all these kind of questions that kind of arise um he he definitely draws on those traditions but the book itself makes it a wholly different thing which lets you lets you relate to like various socio cultural socio political um forms of alienation as well like it, it it's it's this weird book man there's so much to talk about when it comes to alienation <laughs> yeah uh the the other thing that uh i found uh sort of interesting was his mm-hmm. uh friendship with that uh, with the the guy from school takechi um oh takechi yeah. yeah that was mm, that was interesting so it was like this this kid that wasn't really liked in school that sort of like one day recognizes when oba does something to fool everyone else and get like like get laughs out of them by like smacking mm-hmm. himself into a into a pole or something like that uh and Or then like, like flubbing the long jump yeah exactly that was things, it. Yeah. yeah so like he like oba fa- like jumps for a hit something falls down and then this dude takechi from the back comes over to him like pats his back and is like you did that on purpose didn't you and that sets yozo into like this like insane like spiral downwards like he's like oh shit this guy sees everything like uh like has anyone else been noticing that i've been faking all this like like yeah. like tomfoolery uh and then like i don't know keep your friends close keep your enemies closer type thing like yeah, yeah. he just like yozo decides to completely Start. latch on to this takeichi guy and like keeps inviting him home and gets like really close to him and weirdly like it's i found it really fascinating that like his intentions were really bizarre to actually befriend him but mm. the 
other thing is that Takeichi was pretty much the only guy who sort of like encouraged and recognized uh, yeah. Yozo to <laughs> pursue his like his own style of art. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So like, like one day, like they they're looking at some paintings by this Italian like uh, uh, f- famous artist uh, Modigliani, who does like these really, uh, like to put it uh, like normally it's like like bizarre portraits of people like the necks the neck is like super long the faces are contorted uh, yeah. it's like classic 1910s type art styles and mm. these two kids are looking at those portraits and they just like 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 say how like the faces are like the real faces of the people it's not like what you see on the surface like when you look with your eyes but that's the true manifestation of that person's trauma yeah and uh like it's just such an insane conversation like to picture two kids talking like this about art uh but then that pushes uh uh the main character to then go and create a self portrait like this that he like refuses to like let anyone else see but Takeuchi who's who sees it and is like oh my god you should you'll become a famous artist or something like that right uh, mm. yeah yeah man oh, oh this also reminds me that um the manga differs from the book again in this story yeah cuz yeah, he meets Takeuchi <laughs> a lot of this also you know like similar kind of meeting everything happens you know takeuchi says oh i know you did that on purpose and but then, then yozo no, kind of encourages God. he encourages oh, takeuchi to kind of confess to yozo's uh, cousin oh, the the one he ends up living with at the very end the the violent abusive kind of one yeah. who has his child yeah. um so so takeuchi confesses to her and she's like you're gross i never want to see you again and just like she's she like rejects him brutally mm. and you know takeuchi um commits um he 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 kills himself you know he commits not alive and it's 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 like the manga just makes everything that was great about the novel even greater and everything that was just like horrible and bleak and just like visceral about the novel even more so yeah. and i think a lot of that just has to do with the way junji ito illustrates everything for for those who don't know he's one of the most respected and celebrated horror um artists out of japan i'd say i i can't even call him a mangaka alone i I'd, i'd have to say horror artist cuz um he's he's single-handedly i i would say single-handedly responsible for like this this style that's that's taken over in a lot of like comic books and in manga of like body horror and grotesquism and all of that um i think that kind of very much stems from his use of those things and it's just like reading the reading the manga you're just at once kind of like drawn to and just like horrified by the 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 kind of art he uses to depict everything that's going on it's it's so vivid and so like i don't know i don't know how else to put it it's so vivid and visceral in its in its you know in its 
alienating kind of power yeah this is a man who's famous for uh, a series where a uh, fish are controlled by a strain of like sentient bacteria that are called the death stench yeah which that, it it, it could so go as a comedy but it's also one of the most gruesome things you can possibly see yeah oh god i i would honestly say junji ito was responsible for um i mean you know he he's do, he's done amazing works like tomi and so on but he he's also had a lot of crossover into like manga as we see mm-hmm. uh, as or as we call it because there's there's tons of works that take like definite inspiration from him um anything that has some amount of body horror like berserk definitely takes some inspiration from jinji ito and how it makes its monsters appear mm-hmm. and the kind of overall feel of the world itself and um, he was also a you know. col- collaborator or like at least uh, or i think like hideo kojima was inspired by or something like that for silent yeah, hill yeah 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 inspired by yeah like he he drew on a lot of junji ito's works junji ito and you know um i think some uh, some other horror movies out of japan but very specifically junji ito hmm. to k- kind of create that that entire feeling of like you don't really know what the horror is but you're scared of it at the same time Mm. And I think that's honestly why it's a little difficult as well to talk about this book because like I I keep alluding to the sense of alienation and disquiet and so on and I've tried to make it explicit but again like when you read it you know what you're feeling but it's so difficult to put it into words and that's something that both Ito and Dazai have done so well in their works like you really grasp that that feeling yeah which like me and I have been trying to talk about for like an hour and <laughs> still haven't managed to kind of convey I guess yeah. in, in or at least in as much kind of um in in as complete a nature as these guys do mm. but i mean yeah that's that's been this episode of our uh, book review club <laughs> um yeah, yeah so again uh the 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 content was a bit heavy on this one but honestly if you do have a stomach for um this kind of stuff definitely check it out it's like it's 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 an experience unlike anything else i've read it's really good it, it's gut wrenching in novel. multiple ways but it's something that really gets you to think about and understand people and the mind in a way that i don't think a lot of fiction books would let you do normally yeah and it it's it's also just the kind of language that's used even in the translated versions and like the kind of art in the manga like these are things that i think you know if you have the stomach for such content you will you'll kind of enjoy it because it's it's beautiful it genuinely is yeah you know what Let, uh, let's but, let's close on a lighter note let's Let's play the opposite game. Uh Oh. <laughs> Let's try. Sure. So, for the word podcast, what's the most like distinctly like completely unrelated and opposite word you could think of? Isolation. Iso- wow. Okay. You need yeah, you need people to listen to the podcast. which is why we're going to ask you to subscribe and now on spotify you can even li- leave a, re- a review so you know hit that hit that five stars 
hey, hey, nice segue. Let's go. <laughs> that was completely unplanned for, but uh, for real, uh, I'd love to have a discussion like about this book. If any of you have read it before or do plan to read it or read it after this, uh, send us your notes and in a way, apologies for for this type of content that we just like threw into your faces but uh, I think genuinely this is an incredible piece of literature that yeah is completely worth reading at least once in your lifetime yeah it's it's definitely significant and if you read the book as well as the manga you will see like the influence in so much so much work that you come across um but yeah that's been this episode of uh, ddlc i'm pranav i'm arvin thanks for listening